I'm so thankful for Nicola for her for her wisdom and her honesty in this kind of a conversation. I think it's going to be I hope that it's so encouraging to other people going through this. Mm-hmm. And it's inspiring me as well to just really keep an eye out for people who are in that kind of a really selfless season mm-hmm. and to have some bright ideas for how for how to support them as well. Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi mom, let's talk about living with your elderly parent. Okay. Hi, Ingrid. That's a good idea. Let's talk about it. Neither of us have direct experience, so we'll be talking about what one of our listeners' experiences has been. That's right. Just like last episode where we uh, heard from Brittany, I found everything that she said so helpful, even in our life when we aren't quite living together. If we do, it's just for a short periods of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not living together. Just staying. So the same is true here. Today, we'll be hearing from Nicola, who will be imparting some of her wisdom from her experience living with her mom as her mom aged and and got sick. So I'm really excited to learn from Nicola today. Yeah, me too. She has some good points of wisdom for us to bring out. So, Mom, you asked her three questions, and you just asked her on a walk. We weren't Mm -hmm. sure if we would use audio clips or not. So I think we're going to. They're just like homemade on a walk clips, but I'm excited that you get to hear Nicola's voice a little bit. Uh, What was the first question you asked her? Well, I just asked her generally, what was your experience living with your elderly parent and would you recommend it? And what was her response? (laughs) She would say, in a word, no. (laughs) But there there is a lot of unpacking to do with that particular point. So I will probably pull out some clips from, from what she had to say. But it was my one of my bigger takeaways is that it's valuable to have a plan if you can. Mm. It's valuable for each of you to have a plan and for each of you to be able to have a conversation on, of course, expectations of each other. And yeah. when you're generally declining rapidly and your cognitive abilities are declining rapidly, that's more difficult to have. And you revert back to memories of what's from the past and what's familiar. So there's no ideal perfect scenario in any of these situations. And Nicola explains some of that when she started living with her mom. She anticipated it only being a year, and it ended Mm. up being five years. And the challenge was that her mom was not able to drive, and people weren't able to get out as much. So getting together with friends, even though her mom had friends who were also elderly, they weren't able to get together on their own. So let's listen into what Nicola says, and, and then we can talk a little bit about it. Good plan. 
I mean, yes, don't do it. And I think somebody did actually give me the advice to not do it when I was thinking of doing it years ago. And I think it depends on if you are going to do it. My advice is to, yes, keep your boundaries, but it is really hard because depending on the situation and how old your parents are, because what happens is if they're not well, you've got to put into perspective that you're going to have to give up your life. Thing like if your parents were well, like say if your girls moving uh-huh. in with you, that's a little different because you guys are very independent. You have your jobs. You're not retired. You have lives outside of your work and you've got a community besides just their kids. And my mom just had me and my sister and that was it. I really like that Nicola makes the distinction between the age and like style of life Mm -hmm. that even if you were 20 years older than you are. Well, let's see, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years older than you are now. And we were in a situation where I said, I'll move back in or you move in with me. You would most likely like you'd still be pretty sprightly. You'd still have like plenty of life to you. Mm -hmm. And that that makes for a big difference than if you're planning to move in with your parent almost like as their caretaker. Yeah, that's a big difference. And a lot of people live with a lot of routine in life. I know when I went to visit my mom and dad recently, they have a lot of routine in their life throughout the day as far as time of day that they eat, their different meals and activities that they do during different times of day. And I was completely on a flexible vacation schedule. So I eased into their routines. But if I was also going to live my life, then I would need to orchestrate my activities a little bit around their activities, which you do Mm -hmm. with a child as well. But it it, it would involve some conversations. And as declining memory affects people's relationships, then it's like a little more difficult, I think, because parents may not remember, you know, oh, that was yesterday. Oh, Oh, we don't have a plan to do that together today. And I think one of the sweetest things that I remember Nicola saying is that her mom loves her and she likes her. She likes spending time with her. Well, I think that's such a great transition into the second question you asked, which was about boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm interested to hear you. I'm just realizing that as you were just explaining what it would be like for you to move in with your mom now, you're talking about, you know, planning your life around your mom. And my first thought was, well, you're really good at that. But that's because you're barely out of the stage of life where you were doing that for us as kids. (laughs) So like my context of you in relationship is that you're like master at juggling all of the interests and all of the plans and finding a way for everyone to have a life. That is interesting. But if I was going to step in and do that for you, it would be a skill that I would have to newly tackle when it's Mm -hmm. already one that you are good at, which is beginning to, I knew that we were going to get here at some point, like kind of draw those lines between young child and very elderly person. Mm -hmm. A lot of those pillars end up being really similar when you're talking about like the ways that you interact with each other. Definitely. With regard to boundaries and activities and time spent together, definitely. And probably, ironically, having a visual schedule would probably be helpful. You have a visual schedule for toddlers and Mm -hmm. having a visual schedule for someone who has memory decline, mild cognitive impairment, it's called, would be useful so that they could look and see, oh, okay, on Tuesday, 
my child does this and and then we do these kinds of things together if we don't eat all meals together, you know, or she goes out on this night, you know, kind of a general schedule. And and I think you're right. In in one regard, it's easier for me because I'm used to adapting my schedule to other younger people's schedules quite regularly. And you're good at setting those expectations. Yeah. I mean, if you're living as a single adult in the world, I have very few people for whom I have to set expectations. I just live my life. Well, I was thinking about it. Once your sister goes off to college and we aren't living with people that we have expectations towards, we might slip into that really easily. And then if we have to answer to someone else's expectations, I can You'll see have to go like, back to it a little. Wait a second. Uh, yeah, I don't do that anymore. I forgot what that's like. Yeah, I'm glad you brought in that that idea of setting a, a visual representation of the expectations. Um, Nicola has a really telling story, I think, about the way that she started to work with the other caregivers mm-hmm. of her mom to to allow her to have time to go out and, and live her life as her mom got older mm-hmm. because it was harder to set some of those expectations. Yeah, and I think it can be useful and neither of us are really qualified to talk about, but when a person is in more significant memory decline and their understanding of time is quite different, then you can adapt expectations to that end a lot more. Sure. She liked me. (laughs) So that helped a lot. I think along that line is when I wasn't living with her, I Mm. appreciated and enjoyed the doses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think my sister had a different perspective from me as well because she didn't live with her. So it's like, but they had a different relationship. She only got her in doses. Yes. So for me, I had everything from morning, noon, and night, the good times, the bad times, the not so good, the iffy, the everything. Mm-hmm. And I was her everything, you know. She liked the caregivers, oh. but she wanted me there as well. So it's like I would have to do something where I'd be like, okay, you're going to go on a walk. And I'd be like, go, go. And then I would get dressed and then leave. So when she came back, I wasn't there. What's so lovely about that story is, of course, that as she says, like her mom loves to hang out with her. And mm-hmm. there is something definitely to be said for the fact that Nicola's presence was felt and was different than the wonderful caregivers that were also in her mom's life. Yeah. That her mom was like, no, no, but like, you're my daughter and I love you and I want you here too. Yeah. But I can definitely imagine just how how tricky that is to understand that need and also say, as she says, like, my life has to be priority. I I am an adult who also has to have a life, which is something that I can say to you now. Mm-hmm. But, of course, like, would be way harder. That's not something you can explain to the, your toddler. No. You are their life. <laughs> and it seems like that is also the case. It may be just something good to know going into it if you are, if you are consciously, like, stepping into this kind of a, a lifestyle, mm-hmm. that, that that's going to be a, a tricky thing to manage. Yeah. And it's definitely something I have thought more specifically about because my mom has said that if my dad dies before she does, she would like to come and live with me. And I think, mm-hmm. oh, I have to rearrange my house a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm totally open to it. It just would be renegotiating spaces so that she would have some spaces on her own and some spaces to be together and all of that. 
And there is a lot of beautiful, rich times that you can have together. One of the things I really enjoyed listening to Nicholas talk about was what are some of the humdrum everyday things in life yeah. that she did with her mom. And it it was fun while we were walking to see the smile come on her face as she talked about some of those things. Hmm. It's like you ask about the humdrum oh, stuff. Yeah. So it was actually going on walks oh. and simple things like watching TV. Uh-huh. She, you know, there was at one point when she got was really kind of sick and I remember I was just sitting there and she just grabbed me and just put her arm around me and just like held me and just was like and almost put her leg over me and was like kind of like don't go anywhere and it was just a touching thing. So I love the idea of going on walks together and noticing things and I feel like the pandemic has prepared us a little bit for that pace of life because we did in the pandemic have a routine walk in the evening, especially I will say during the first four months of the pandemic. Now right. as lives changed a little bit, it adapted, but across the country, dogs got walked more. <laughs> and our dogs certainly did. And because there was less traffic in the streets, we were able to walk in the middle of the street, which was also beautiful because our dog is now blind and he needed, he needed the it. spare space. But you can think of, you know, walking with an elderly person slowly, maybe in the middle of the street so they don't trip over the, the yeah. tree root. <laughs> and, and just noticing things, noticing the flowers come out in different seasons and things like that, that can be really beautiful. And then having your routine programs that you like to watch. Certainly seniors like have routine programs. And when I went and visited my mom and dad, they had some routine programs. And I don't mind re-watching programs, so I foresee that being enjoyable. I know that Watching sporting events can also be very fun. And my grandma mm. really enjoyed watching basketball also. So mm. that was something that my dad did with my grandma. That's really interesting. I, it does occur to me that the things that Nicola lists are also like my favorite things to do with you when we come home. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is and this is sort of a theme, is the consistency of it mm -hmm. and the sort of ever presence of it. I, there's nothing mm -hmm. I love more than when all three sisters and mom and dad are like all piled on your bed late at mm -hmm. night on a Christmas holiday, you know, mm -hmm. when you, we're all like wrapped around each other and snuggling and whatever. But I can imagine the the difference in that feeling if that was the expectation every night when it wasn't mm -hmm. like, I need my own space, you know. What I say about parenting newborns and mm. toddlers and what is the hardest part for parents of the newborns and toddlers is the 24-7-ness of it, that right. it, it never goes away. The beauty of being a grandparent typically is that you can wave goodbye and you can go get your full night's sleep. Yeah. And I think that that's what happens when you decide that you're going to live with an elderly parent Again, is it's 24-7. It doesn't go away you, unless you're able to build in those times and those breaks, which can be yeah. challenging depending on caregiver support ability and depending on needs and the memory, truly the memory decline of the, the senior. Because if they're going to de decline back into their 20s and early 30s, then you're the one they're going to remember in mm. some fashion. Maybe they'll remember you when you were little. <laughs> yeah, I can see why why that is a little bit tricky. And it's important to have 
breaks and to be kind to yourself, I think, and to be able to take those breaks when you can. I think that is what I want to most send out with this episode, because Mm -hmm. as we said, we're we're gleaning knowledge and and wisdom from Nicola's experience, but this isn't something we have personal experience in. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to just be like delving out advice. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like I hope that if you're in this situation, I hope this gives you encouragement or at least a sense of I'm not alone. I don't feel crazy for feeling the way you do, whatever that is. And that Mm -hmm. I think as in almost every episode, it's just highlighting the importance of community Mm -hmm. for me. You know, Nicola mentions how her sister's relationship with her mom was, of course, really different because her sister could come visit for a while and get things in small doses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come and go. And I can imagine if grandma comes to live with you someday, like one of the biggest challenges might be that she doesn't have friends where you live. And what mm-hmm. a bigger gift it would be to ha- like figure out two or three people mm-hmm. that could be you know, meaningful connection points to sort of like take shift. <laughs> you know, um, one thing I, I will use as a model is we, we have friends whose mom moved down the street, elderly mom moved yeah. down the street, and she did incorporate a, a few other women within 10 years of her age, give or yeah. take. I think there was four of them that made their own little community. And because of COVID and quarantine, they actually had to learn how to Zoom they but they yeah. would have zoom coffees a couple times a week i think and so they were able to do that so helping to foster other people in the community in the new community that could be something that would be very helpful and developing those kind of pastimes and things you like to do together my my mom has lots of pastimes that she does she plays the piano and sings and i remember when my grandma was older her fingers were riddled with arthritis but she had in her hands a few songs and she just Mm. played them all the time she had like three or four songs and that's all she ever played but that's gonna be me that's okay it's eight 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 minutes a day of (laughs) music you can play on the piano so that's good my mom also likes to do crossword puzzles or also easy puzzles so that was fun together to do together or and she goes to bible study and she writes letters to me my mom is pretty active in that and she keeps the calendar she takes her dog on walks so you and i i would foresee maybe having a book club together where we read books and and we might revert and read the elementary school books that we read we might read all the little house books again together always down Those are nice things to think about in advance doing together. I understand theoretically, I can't say experientially, but I understand theoretically the guilt and the burden of Mm. wanting to live with your parent, feeling like it's hard to step away and to move away, even if you can. Once you say yes, I can understand that that would be really a painful decision Right. So it's not easy and it is, but it is a pain. It's a it's a painful decision. Some of those things. And it's something that other people go through. And it's something that, of course, like we never want to go through alone. 
Yeah. One of many, maybe I don't know your experience, but I I want to stand here next to you in it mm-hmm. and do all that I can. Yeah. And how can I lighten your load a little bit? Yeah. Stay connected in, in community. Reach out for help. Don't try to go at it alone. Even though it can be lonely and at the end of the day, you might be the only one that can fill some of the roles and expectations being placed on you, which is the same for a parent. Which is the same for a parent. That's exactly that is the, the theme. I'm so thankful for Nicola for her for her wisdom and her honesty in this kind of a conversation. I think it's going to be I hope that it's so encouraging to other people going through this. Mm-hmm. And it's inspiring me as well to just really keep an eye out for people who are in that kind of a really selfless season mm-hmm. and to have some bright ideas for how for how to support them as well. Thank Definitely. You, Thank you Nicola. It is a good help. If you can do that. If you have your own story that you want to tell, we'd really love to learn from you. Sweet, wonderful listener that we love. So Instagram message us, find us on our website, write us in, because these I, these are some of my favorite things now to, to really learn from you, mm-hmm. even past our experience. Thanks for talking today, Mom. You too. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.